I'm Pastor Michael Landsman, and this is the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. I'd like to welcome you and to thank you for listening to our Sunday morning sermons. I hope that they're a blessing to you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what we have for today. When I was younger, I had some serious struggles with my faith. I'm sure every single one of you watching can relate to this. I never completely lost belief that, that, that there was a God because the fact of God's existence seems a fairly reasonable thing to assume. But my experiences in church, working for the church and, and working specifically for leadership of a, a big church, left me with some emotional wounds that took some time to heal. And I went through a phase where I started reading books with titles like Why People Believe Weird Things, The End of Faith, The Science of Good and Evil, The Faith Healers, Why Darwin Matters, etc. I remember one book by uh, the late Carl Sagan called The Demon Haunted World, Science as a Candle in the Dark. And that book serves as a primer of sorts for skepticism and the necessity of science to counteract religious fundamentalism, as well in belief in things like UFOs. And one of Sagan's central ideas to the book is that science is basically the candle, dispelling the darkness of the natural world, showing it to be run by the laws of nature and not by anything divine or supernatural. Sagan is an effective writer, and some parts of the book are legitimately stirring and... (laughs) To be quite honest, brothers and sisters, and I may get in trouble for saying this, but I would rather read Carl Sagan than Ken Ham or anything from Answers in Genesis. But Sagan, like many atheists and agnostics, falls into the trap of having to muddle his way through history, making some wide generalizations, and assuming things about religion and science. And the result of this is that sort of approach to the world, you know, this what I call near-naked naturalism, has become wound up within the church, too, in some places. There's now a retired bishop who said once that angels don't sing and virgins don't give birth. And I don't think there's a single person alive who thinks that virgins give birth. So when a virgin does actually give birth, you might have to stop and think there might be something happening here. We've all bought into the belief that the stories of the Bible are just stories in some way, shape, or form. We all have bought into that. And there's nothing wrong with that. The stories in the Bible are stories, and they certainly do teach. But some of us have bought into the belief that the stories in the Bible don't necessarily describe reality. And that can play itself out in how we react to and how we deal with death. And as a culture, we don't do death well because we all bought into the lie of youth culture and that we can eternally stay in it. But the sacred scriptures show us not only a demon-haunted world, if I could steal that term from Sagan and repurpose it, I would also say the scriptures show us a world haunted by the saints. Or maybe to put it in a better way, a world lit by the saints, which is the title of today's, today's sermon. And right away, you might be thinking, oh, Pastor Mike, slow your roll. And I would just respond to you by saying, hey, remember what Jesus said. He said that you are the light of the world, a city on a hill which cannot be hidden. 
He called his followers the light of the world, and there's no reason to assume that that light goes out once we leave this, this earth. And in today's text from 1 John 3, 1 through 3, which is going to be the main focus this morning, we heard some really interesting things from St. John. At the ending of chapter 2 of 1 John, he says that if we abide in God, then when he returns, we can have confidence before him, presumably in the day of judgment. He then shows us the kind of love that God has for us and how that manifests in and through us. And we start here with a bold statement. God the Father loves us and shows itself in that we are now considered God's children. There's a popular saying, oh, we're all God's children. And to some degree, that is true. Everyone who exists is God's child to some degree. But... It is also true that for the Christian, we are God's children in a way that is more true and a deeper way than anyone else, as we will all share in his divine life. And those who are outside of Christ will not. I know that that sounds binary, which is something I've been taking to task a few weeks ago, but it doesn't make it less true. Everyone, as God's child, is God's child, as all life flows from God, as God's good gift. But those who reject that life bar themselves from the great heavenly banquet, and they bar themselves from their entrance into the family proper. Now, let me ask you something. How how do you think that the early Christians were received? When you read the book of Acts and early church history, the answer is not well, not well at all. St. Paul himself lists his sufferings in 2 Corinthians for the sake of the gospel, and today's reading from Revelation highlights the great crowd of the martyrs before the throne of God. And Jesus himself says in John 15, 20, Remember the word I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. And St. John has this theme in mind by saying the world does not know them because they did not know Jesus. That's in 1 John 3, verse 1. We should not be surprised then, brothers and sisters, if the world does not accept us as it did not accept Jesus Christ. And so that's our work to proclaim Christ and to make him known so that those who do not know him, those who are outside of the family of God, can come to know him and become part of the family of God. St. John then makes an interesting comparison between now and later. He says, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. What we have now and what we will become later. We've already, we already right now have something from God. But that won't be fully experienced and fully realized until later. And what we experience later is rooted and grounded in the grace of God given to us right now. 
He says that right now we are children of God. So this means that right now, every single one of you hearing me, if you have been baptized into Christ and have lived a life of holiness and repentance and doing righteousness, you are a child of God. You are loved and called and accepted into the body of Christ. Your sins are forgiven and God dwells in you. This is not a benefit we have to wait to experience. We have this in the here and now in a very real way. And in a way, to be in God's family as his child is more real and runs deeper than our own natural family ties. Let's talk a little bit about later. And I did not write this having the candy in mind, though, that just popped into my mind right now. That was not intentional, now and later. Later, St. John doesn't just leave that to stand alone, right? He says, what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Two things to note here. Even though we are now already God's child, that is working itself in us, working itself out in us, leading us to something far greater, he says, what we will be. He's anticipating we will be something else. Something else but rooted in our status as God's children. And that becoming hasn't happened yet because Christ has not appeared. But when he does, then that something we're destined to become will be fully realized. What does it mean that we shall be like him if we will see him as he is? Then what is he? 1 John 1.5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you. that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. So if St. John says that God is light, and in beholding God we shall become like God, then that means that we as his children at his glorious appearing will experience and participate in and reflect that glory. Right? Think of the transfiguration of Christ on the mountain where he radiated his divine glory, This is our destiny, brothers and sisters. This is what we will become. Because this is what Christ is. This is what we're journeying to becoming, rooted in the grace of God given to us in the here and now. This is our, if you would want to call it, our divine destiny. And this is so much better, and it's so much more beautiful than what we've reduced our faith to some sort of minimalistic outlook of going to heaven when we die. Or sadly, some hold the belief that there is no heaven or nothing after we die. Or if there is, we don't know. So maybe the heaven we make is only the heaven we make for ourselves here on this earth and here and now. But we dare not reduce our faith to something so banal. Our being like him is to become like him. And what did the serpent say to tempt our ancestors, Adam and Eve, in the garden? He said, if you do this, you will be like God. But unlike the false promises of the evil one, the true promises is that we will be like God. Which is why the lie of the serpent was so insidious, because that was the destiny of our human forebears, to become like God. And that promise is for us. 
through the work of Christ. And words beggar the description, but we will become by grace what God is by nature. Right? The light of God will shine through us and illuminate the world around us with God's own glory and beauty. And one of the ways we see that happening in practical ways is through what we heard read this morning with the Sermon on the Mount. By following the commandments of Christ. That's one way that the glory shines through us. As John says later, those who practice righteousness, those who demonstrate God's love for one another, those who do not fall into sin, those who do not practice lawlessness, these people are those who abide in God and God abides in them. And the goodness and beauty of God can at times shine through them and shine through us. And that glory of God can illuminate the world around us. And even though in Christ we are all holy ones, we are all saints, there are those who are saints in that they live what our Lord demonstrated himself and as such have become beacons, summoning those around them to life in Christ. That's what it means to be a saint. And that's what we are all called to, brothers and sisters. That some people now in this present life begin to radiate the glory of God promised to us when Christ fully appears. Because they have begun to see him as he is. And we're all called to that, brothers and sisters. And what's also so beautiful when we think about this is that our own family and friends, who we're going to remember in a few moments, who died in Christ, who passed away this year, they are having that experience of looking into the face of Jesus Christ. They are seeing Christ as he is, beholding his glory in a way that leaves our hearts aching with jealous anticipation for our own turn. For when we get to see as Christ truly is. Because when we do, we will be like him. And that can begin in the here and in, in the now. In the here and now. Imagine that then. A hint of the age to come. As there being of God that, that, that lights the world around us. And it lights the world through us, his holy ones, his saints. And so to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whom the saints are beholding now in his glory, be all glory together with the Father who is from everlasting and is all holy good and life-creating spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. This is Pastor Mike Lansman, and if you have any questions about anything you heard or would like some more information about our church, feel free to email me, malansman at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Zion's Stone UCC, or our website, zionstoneucc.com. We have a GoFundMe set up as well for some repairs that we need, gofundme.com slash UCC. As we continue to navigate the fallout from the coronavirus, I'd like to thank everyone for their continued generosity. It always amazes me how generous you've been. And I pray that the blessings of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit would be with you and would keep you.